You're listening to Sports Biz Podcast, broadcasted live at WNHU on the campus of the University of New Haven. Team. He 
he was at the game. He's like, hey, don't you play for UNH? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you want to be? I was like a sportscaster. And he just literally handed me the mic, random. And he's like, I want you to interview some of the UNH players after their win. Um, and I always looked up to him and tried to copy a lot of the things that he used to do. And I, I still apply some of the things like, uh, that I learned from him in my sportscast now. How long did it really take you to find your voice? Like, to just say, you know, you learned a lot from different people, you follow people, you like their style. And, like, when did you become you? At what point in that career? You know what? That, that, I hope I don't discourage people by this, but I feel like I just found my place two years ago. Yeah. And I've, and I've been in the business 15 years. Um, when... And I, I tell a lot of kids this, I don't want to call them kids, young, young men and women, when they're entering into this business, like, you're still trying to find your way. You're just trying to see what works, what doesn't work. That's why I always encourage them to go to small markets. If you're so used to being in New York, for an example, like, sometimes you need to go to that small market in Montana so you can try things and see if they work and if they don't work. Um, but that was the case for me in every single station that I worked at. Things I got rid of, there were also some things I held on to. Um, but finally, getting to this place in D.C., where I think also that helps out, where I have a lot of people who just let me be me, which is huge when it comes down to working, not trying to be somebody else, but be who you are. Um, that makes it so much easier. That's why I feel so comfortable. And I try so many different things now that that previous station built, they would never let me do it because they didn't know how it would turn out. And my station now lets me do it. And, and uh, there's a reason why we won some awards and Emmys for it. Do you feel like, and I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I think about it, some of the things that I've done in my life too, whether it was with the NFL or Disney, you, you kind of think about where, and everything's a building block, but you brought up a good point. You know, you went, you know, going on ESPN Sports Center. Are you glad that it happened at, and maybe this is a rhetorical question, but are you glad that it happened at that point in your career? Or would that have been something that you would have wanted after kind of you went through this experience? All right, so I, I won't I will, I will sugarcoat it. Yeah. I wish it never happened because working at ESPN was my dream job. Uh, it was a place where I wanted to be comfortable who who I was and have people embrace, okay, that's Darren, that's Darren Stop. I wanted that to happen at ESPN. That was never a plan for me to accomplish my dream and then try to figure out, okay, what do you do now after you lose your dream? Uh, so, so that's, so I, I, I wish it, yeah, I wish it never did happen. However, uh, just for my faith and, and just being a Christian anyway, um, I just know when things are taken away from you, it kind of opens the door for something bigger and better. And where I am right now, I'm absolutely enjoying myself. I'm the director. I make the schedule. I just, I just told one of the other anchors who's under me, uh, like, hey, I need you to work on this particular day because I need to do X, Y, and Z. Before I, you know, I couldn't just take off days. I had to get it approved. Now I'm the one who does the approving. Look at that, man. It's good to be the king. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's. Um... I have two questions in there, and I probably forgot both of them at this point, but what what is it? I remember one. So it's interesting that you said that you wish it never happened because and you talk about your dream job, and I, I went down that similar road too, especially working for the NFL, and then 
when you get involved in it and you're there, the first two weeks it's like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. And then you realize that, well, it's not as big of a deal as I probably thought it was going to be. You know, so what's your advice? It kind of eliminates what I told you before, but what's your advice for people who are breaking into the industry that want to do what you're doing to start creating content um, and trying to get your name out there, even if they're sitting in a dorm room somewhere? Do you, do you think... Correct. Do you, do you think, like, this platform right now, podcasting, is a good way to just start to get your legs underneath you? Um, yes, 100%. I think if, if it's podcasting or if you just started even your own YouTube channel, um, what those are is, it, it, it's almost like, I don't want to call it practice because it is a game, but when you're doing a podcast, when you're doing a, a Facebook Live, when you're doing your, your stuff on your YouTube channels, you are basically practicing those skills that I do every single day. Um, and then there's situations where a particular podcast is very successful, then it becomes an actual maybe radio show, or then it becomes a television show. Um, there's a there's a show that I want um, to to broadcast on the CBS station here in DC, and I'm in the process of actually making that a podcast first and seeing how it does, and then making it a, a television show. So even where I am right now, I'm using the podcast as the roots to the plant that I want to grow. It's, it's an incredible, I mean, the point of entry now, even five years ago, this wasn't even a conversation piece, right? Imagine if you had podcasting back 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago when you first started out. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, people will be like, what the, what's a podcast? You sure you want to do that? They'll start on it the same way they did when, when someone came talking about the internet. Right. Like, what do you mean the internet? What? Yeah. And, uh, but, not, but now it's, it's literally like the building block for bigger shows. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I give that advice all the time, especially if, if, even if they're not trying to get into broadcasting, I said, just, just create some content that you're, that you find interesting. And, yeah, and, 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 uh, uh, well, I don't mean, I don't mean to that content. I can't tell you how many times that I, I only tell the people who work with me or people that I mentor, try to figure out a way to come up with some type of original, creative content. Um, there are so many of the big wigs and the bigger stations that are just gonna, yeah, they're gonna do broadcasting. Yeah, they're gonna do that big interview and stuff like that. But what can you do to make your stuff different? What are you gonna do to make yours stand out? What's gonna be the thing that you do that's so creative that now goes viral? You may not hit it with a bigger button, but you may have a creative way to tell a story that now is going viral because they like the way you did it and it's different. I always have to say, throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. I'd rather you try new things than stick with old things. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk about some of your challenges and and how you overcame those challenges in your career. You know those those walls that you hit, or you know you like you mentioned you you know ESPN starts eliminating jobs. You have that oh my gosh moment, and how did you overcome some of those things that happened? Well, Rob, I was prepared for the the layoff at ESPN um, because when I was actually working in Boston and left Boston, I had to deal with a very similar situation. Um, still to this day, I wonder why didn't 
this Boston station renew, renew my contract? We will never, ever, ever know. Um, but I do remember from March 5th, 2013, all the way up to February 10th, 2014, I did not have a full-time job. I did work for Al Jazeera America here and there, um, but did not have a full-time job. So when you talk about somebody who, if you're anchoring in Boston, you probably consider one of the best anchors in the United States. But now all of a sudden you have the same individual who had to go back home to his parents' house in Connecticut to sleep in the same twin-size bed that he used to sleep in when he was in high school. Uh, that humbles you really, really quickly, but it also prepares you um, for the for the worst. And so I went through that, and um, and next thing you know, it's crazy because you have a station that didn't want to renew your contract, and next thing you know, you are getting a phone call from the worldwide leader. Um, what I mentioned before, when one door closes, a, a bigger one opens up. Um, so when ESPN did, ESPN did the layoff, I was prepared for that. Prepared meaning like, okay, I went through this before. Let's now do exactly what I did last time because I know something's going to be come up. That something's going bigger is going to come. Yeah, I was just I just had a, a group of uh, sport management students that I was met with the other night and we were talking about you know building your career the foundation for your career and the one thing I said to him and it kind of goes what what you're saying is to just just don't panic you know don't panic and feel like it has to happen at once because you're gonna just you're gonna figure out what you hate doing and where you're not good at doing way before you figure out what you love to do and just buckle, mm-hmm. buckle up because there's going to be so many things that you're going to be out of your control in your career that it always comes back around if you don't give up. And you, you know, correct. There's, obviously, you never. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people who, who are, honestly, they should be at a national network or they should be at ESPN, but they had that challenge in their career and they panicked and they gave up. Or they stayed where they felt comfortable. Um, I, I I can't even tell you how many anchors and reporters I've seen like that. Um, I mean, life life is life, and you're gonna you're gonna go through particular challenges. If you want to look at it in schools, you may get a bad grade on your quiz, but you can also come back and study hard and get an A on the test. Um, so it's all about you know how do you respond to adversity. And when the adversity hits you, that doesn't mean the life is over. The world's over. Right. Um, yeah, I always, I always give this like this story of looking through the rearview mirror. Like when, when most people, when they leave the house and they go to work, um, you know, they may see the, the house in the rearview mirror, and when they look in front of them, they don't know where they're going, but they know they're going to work. I mean, well, they don't see their job in front of them, but they know they're going to work. And then eventually, the time you look through the rearview mirror, you don't see the house, you don't see where you're going to work, but you know you're still going to work. Then eventually, you know, if there's stoplights or bumps, other detours that may hold you back or set you back, you still know, even though you're stuck in traffic, you're going to work. And then eventually you get to work, you have to have that same mind mindset that no matter what you go through, just like you knew that you're going to work, no matter how long it took you in that traffic, you're going to get to work and you're going to get to the job that you want to, uh, that you want or the dream job, whatever way you look at it. It's a great way of putting it. Let's talk about your current role. I mean, you're in a top ten market right now, right? You, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah you're in a top uh, I believe it's market market six, market size six or six. seven, one of the two. I was gonna say four, yeah. but maybe that's Philly. But what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
So talk about just I mean, because you know, being in a top ten market and 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 the business that you're in is a major major deal. And there's not many there's not many of you guys around you men and women around that that do what you're doing right now in that big of a market. What kind of pressure do you feel? You know, in that in that role, are you just so experienced now? It doesn't matter the size of the market. It's actually the it's it's inner kind of pressure that you put on yourself. Yeah, that, that that's actually a great question. I actually just had this conversation like last week. Um, right now, no, I don't I don't feel the pressure at all. Um, I think I'm like a quarterback that has been in an offensive system for a while, um, and and just just goes out there and plays. Um, but I can remember, you know, in, in my career, having that pressure to step your game up. And my example of what I give, and I and I may have told you this story before, Rob, but like. I wanted to be the black guy who knew hockey. Yeah. And I grew up not a big hockey fan, and I knew hockey was a sport that I needed to know if I wanted to make it to ESPN or any other place. And I copied and pasted every single hockey name on a piece of paper, listened to them, the name on YouTube to make sure I pronounced the name correctly. And, um, you know, if, if, if some name comes up and it's, it's tough to read, I know, oh, that's Nikita Kucherov, or that's your thought a lot, or whatever way, whatever name you want to bring up, or, or just a hit, or just different parts of the game, different phrases, slang words, you know, when a goalie's standing on his head, that means his goalie's having a good game, or if the puck goes through his legs, it's a five hole. So I, like, I, I had to sit back and, and dedicate, and what took me, I believe, like a week and a half to really study everything. Um, but that's the pressure because I had to set my game up. Um, and, and but people have to know how to respond is to if you don't have that pressure, you need to live up to a certain thing in a big market. You have to set your game up to the next level. Well, I mean, uh, oh, you know what? Here's here's another here's another example that they very quick another example that they gave. If you are a big like Boston Patriots fan, New England Patriots fan, if you're a big New England Patriots fan, you know all the players' names. There are other teams in this country that cheer for the Patriots the same, the same, uh, cheer for their particular team the same way you cheer for the Patriots. So when you go on television, you need to know all the names of the the players who play at Quinnipiac. You need to know all the names of the people who play at the University of Richmond. Because there's a fan out there that if you pronounce their name uh, incorrectly, they're going to jump on you like, oh, you don't know your stuff, then you lose your credibility. Study all your stuff to make sure you're like a fan of every single team. Well, I did see a video of you playing goalie, dressed up as a goalie one time, so I give you credit for that. I said, I, I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, study, study the game. Not, not, you don't have to play the game, but yeah, I was horrible. Man, I was horrible. You, you really got into character on that one. That was beautiful. But you know the, yeah. you know, you know the one thing I noticed, and I, I just give you a lot of credit for this is that you allow yourself to, to be vulnerable in front of the camera. And whether it was yeah. you trying to dump the ball and you fell, you had your church shoes on, by the way, in that one. And it just, but you're putting, <laughs> you're, and that was beautiful. Uh, you, but you're putting yourself out there. You just put yourself out there of, well, here's the good, but here's also the flaws in me as a person. And, you know, yeah, I mean, you're a tremendous athlete, but... You know, you're showing all your capabilities, but you're 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 just being authentic in front of the camera and behind the camera and all the things that you're doing. And I just think that's that's to me is a big part of your success. 
I, I appreciate that. Um, you, you can't be fake in this business. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that. You, you definitely can't be fake. They'll, they'll, they, they'll see right through the whole facade that you may put on. Um, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy who can still get emotional when I talk about some of the people who helped me in my career. I can, I can be the guy who can, who's, who's like Al Bundy, who will be like, oh, I scored four touchdowns in a game, when maybe back in the day I only scored two. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I still feel like I'm still athletic in some ways, but I know I'm not where, where I used to be. I mean, I haven't played college ball in years. Uh, my mind still believes I can still accomplish it, but I like, I like challenging these, I love challenging these kids. Um, I love challenging them, even though I, I, I won't succeed against them. I love trying to see where I, I stack up. And, uh, and age is just one team that you can never defeat. So let's, let's talk about the coverage of the different sports, because you guys are lucky enough. I mean, you're in a great market where you have tremendous pro sports. And, and yeah, we have everybody. Yeah, some college. But what's the difference between covering each sport? Uh, I guess if I had to maybe put them in categories, um, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, do you approach it differently? High school, high school. High, high, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, definitely approach it differently. See, high school, high, if you're going to cover high school athletics, you just have a camera and they want to be on TV. Yeah. When you're in, when you're in college, um, they they want the coverage, but yet there's so many you know the NCAA rules. Um, you you're kind of limited on your your access. Like we're thinking about going to Minneapolis for the Final Four, and, and we cover you know the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, I can't necessarily pull a player to the side and say like, hey, let's do this Facebook Live. That can't happen. Um, for an NBA player, I can go to Bradley Beal like I did before and say, hey, Bradley Beal, let's uh, let's do this interview while playing pool. Okay, he's a professional. He is, uh, it's, he can do whatever he wants to do. Um, so there's there's a different approach. But what's consistent with everything is is the building the relationships up. Um, don't be that guy who sticks a mic in front of the particular player, has a few questions, and then just disappears. Be the one who, when you go into the locker room, when you go to a practice or go to a game, just say hi to the player. How, how are you doing? And, and, and hold a normal conversation so it, it doesn't come off like you're using them just to uh, boost your ratings up. Um, you know, I, Adrian Peterson, um, future Hall of Famer, uh, helped me out big time when he told me that he was staying here in, in D.C. When, when he'd be signed for another two years. Um, yesterday, I just texted him for the heck of it, just like, hey, how you doing? I hope all is well. On a day that I didn't need him for anything, just to show that I'm still thinking about it. It's just a, it's a relationship that you build. Yeah. And if you build those relationships, which is consistent on every single level, it will make you more successful. Do you find that asking those tough questions, is that something that's part of your DNA, or are you along with relationship building because you know obviously they players know who the reporters are going to throw them that fastball are you more of a i'm going to throw you some lob pitches or are you going to zing them every once in a while when you have to or when you think it's appropriate or do you lay off of that uh i do it when it's when it's when it's appropriate if there's if if the topic is you know sexual assault right yeah 
that's the topic. If a player's in trouble with sexual assault, that will be the question that I have to ask. Now, in my heart, do I want to talk about that? No, definitely not. I wish it never exists. Yeah. Um, I wish it was just gone. I wish people never did that. But um, <laughs> we face it as well. That 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 stuff happens. Um, now, on the other side, will be is there was uh, you know a Capitals player who was talking about his wife was facing like going through uh, uh, postpartum and. Before I threw that question out to him to kind of throw him off, I, I was like, hey, do you feel comfortable talking about this particular question about your wife? I gave him a heads up because that's the relationship I have with him. And then once he said, yeah, it's cool, let's do that, then it's fine. Um, so I'll do, I'll do that for, for most of the players. If it's something that I know that I have to be hardcore news and get straight to the point, yeah, I may, may uh, spring the question up, but they know it's coming. Um, but if it's something else like personal like that, I usually give them a heads up, and they respect that. Yeah, they respect that a lot. Does it does it take you? Does it take a while when you first start building that relationship in those locker rooms with these guys? Not only to to know you out, you know, but really to trust you. And once you kind of get in that groove with them, do you feel like it's it's stuff that you can kind of dig into? Um, a lot deeper as you kind of as you build those relationships. I know that's kind of a long-winded, probably. <laughs> no, I think I, yeah. I think I know. I think I know where you're getting at. I I always believe that like if you hold a conversation with someone twice, um, you really build the rapport with them because the first time you can you can go to them. And I always have this thing where it's like these these, these four things that I follow. Where are you from? Sometimes, like, you know, what church you go to or whatever like that. Yeah. Uh, what school did you go to? And, like, what do you do for work? Those are, like, four things that just just spark a conversation. Yeah. Um, you, and then when I do the, when I talk to them the first time, and maybe it's uh, a particular player that's like, yeah, I went to Villanova. Oh, you did? Oh, do you remember Brian Westbrook when he was there? Yeah, yeah, you played with Brian Westbrook. And then you get into the conversation. Well, when I was at UNH, we beat Brian Westbrook when he played for Villanova. Yeah. Um, and and so and so you have that kind of like that you build that rapport because you you also have some similarities things in common. Um, then the next time you see him, you say like, "Hey, what's up, man? How you doing?" And you hold another conversation with him. Now you're pretty, now you're kind of cool. Um, he knows who you are. He knows a little bit about you. You know about him. Um, he may not remember your name, but the more you keep coming around, but I think usually after two times, you actually hold on a conversation without it being an interview. Uh, breaks that ice and builds that rapport out, a rapport up, which then can distinguish you from all the other reporters that are just there just to stick a mic in their face. Have you ever had those weird, uh, almost maybe kind of confrontational interviews? Have you ever experienced that? Um, me, uh, just one I can think of when Greg Popovich. But Greg Popovich with the Spurs is just Greg Popovich. I feel like he's confrontational about every type of question <laughs> that you have. Um, uh, you have to really think about the questions you you ask Greg Popovich. Because um, if it's a dumb question, he will literally call you out. He'll make you feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, he'll definitely make you feel uncomfortable. He made me, I'll admit, he made me very uncomfortable. When you, you know that feeling when you feel uncomfortable and you can feel yourself sweat? Yeah. Um, and you know, that, that, that tingling, yeah, that's, I, that's how I felt 
my first time interviewing Greg Popovich. The second time around, I was prepared. Next time around, I was prepared for him. Yeah, it's like, oh my, how do I get myself out of this one? (laughs) All right, so it's it's so uncomfortable. So let's talk about this. I, I think it's it's becoming, I think, a thing now, especially with with that Silver came came out and and when he was talking about. Um, I guess it was emotional intelligence or mindfulness or and, and kind of anxiety by players, you know, and mental health and mental wellness. What what do you do? And we all have it when we're going into work or to kind of dealing with it, with the anxiety. And a lot of people kind of use you know their religion or just gratitude to kind of get their kickstart. What? What is your day like? Like when you're starting off in the morning and getting cranked up, and like what are you thinking about and how do you kind of keep yourself positive and inspiring every day? Uh, well, one, for anybody chasing after some particular career, go after the career that you love. Um, it won't be a job, it will just be what you do. It, like it, your pat, what you're passionate about is not a job. Like my, this is not a job for me. It's what I'm passionate about. Um, so I, I wake up in the morning and I start reading. And uh, you know, I'm not reading that like love novel, but I'm I'm reading stuff on Twitter about the sport that I love, the sports that I love to cover, the players uh, that that I like to follow, or different storylines. So I do a lot of reading, and it gets my mind set for the particular day. Um, I'm a firm believer: the more you prepare the better you will be in, in your shows or anything that you do. Um, one, one of the weirdest things with me, which I found probably about four years ago, I may, I may have writer's block, and, or I can't, I can't think of what story angle I want to take in this particular show. And then I start playing classical music, and it literally flips a switch in my head. And I, my, my fingers just start typing. It's, it's one of the weirdest things. And my coworkers know, like, up oh, there and playing the classical music, and I just start typing. So seriously. So you have to. So like you, on Pandora, you, the Mozart channel. Classical. Classical music. I hope your buddies are listening. Imagine if I, imagine if I was in the, the locker room playing college ball. I'm like, hey man, I'm trying to focus on getting four touchdowns, rushing for right. over 200 yards. Let me play. Let me play this Mozart. Right. So you have to, you have to write your own shows. Yeah, I, we, I have a sports producer who does do a lot of writing, um, but from. But I do do probably about 90% of my writing, or if my producer writes something, I'll go in there and I'll make it uh, my style. I mean, my producer kind of knows my style, yeah. um, but I like to write my stuff because that's me. It's it's, it's my voice, and the, the best person to speak in your voice is yourself. Yeah. So do you do you find yourself do you find yourself a, a routine guy? You know, you, you get up. You're oh, well, definitely. Yeah. I do. I do the same thing almost every day. I get up. I read. I go to the bathroom. I play my Christian music. I get in the, the shower. Do everything exactly the same exact way. I actually, uh, which is so weird, I I play the last song, uh, the song that I play before I'm actually done getting dressed. Always the same exact song. It's Bucky One by Lecrae. I get in the car on the days that I anchor. I listen to the same three songs that get me to work, um, and. Uh, you know, I, that's 
I eat as soon as I get there. Like I don't eat throughout the the entire day. For some reason, I like to eat right when I get to work. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's all the the same exact routine. Yeah. Not everybody's a routine guy, but that that that's me. If, if yeah, if I wore these socks in a game and scored a bunch of touchdowns, I'm wearing those socks again. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing everything exactly the same. If you had to give yourself advice, I mean, this is this is kind of like a classic question. I, if you had to give yourself advice when you were 19, 20 years old, what you know now, what would that advice be? Now you're thinking deep about this one. I can. Well, because you know, because because Rob, man, I I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been so blessed with my career that I, there's a lot of stuff that I just don't regret. I feel like every failure, I feel like every mistake built me to be who I am today. And I have like no regrets in that. Were there, are there some things that you do when you're 20 or 21 years old or 19 that you maybe kind of wish you didn't do? Oh yeah, most, most definitely. But, but the thing about it is I learned from a lot of those particular things and it made me who I am today and I and I really sit back and I'm like it's almost like would I ever change anything in my life and like no like I wanted to play in the NFL but it didn't work out that way but I have a great career right now do I am I like mad and pissed off that I didn't make it to the NFL no not really because I'm actually I'm okay I would love to put on a helmet and play but um but I guess if I had to think of any type of advice to just to answer your question, even though I'm telling you, I don't regret anything that happened in my life, um, would just be to just make sure you circle yourself around the right friends, the right people, um, the earlier the better, even if you're in first grade. Um, I feel like if you, your friends don't hold you accountable for doing things wrong or they don't encourage you to get good grades or to make the right decision, um, then they're not really your friends. You know, um, I had eight friends in I had eight friends in high school. Those I only have four now. The four I have now weren't a part of my original eight. It's amazing how that happens. You know, I, mm-hmm. I you know I realized too, and that you you know you brought up some good things, especially about surrounding yourself with people. I mean, that's a that's a classic thing. You know, when when people say that, and you're like, well, I can't give up my Ex, you know, ex, these, these group of friends or that buddy. When I, I started to realize that, and maybe it was an ego thing. Um, it was probably midway through my career, and I, and I really thought about that because I remember a couple people telling me that, like, be careful who your friends are. Like, get on, get those guys and women that, especially in the corporate world, that are on the rise. Don't surround yourself with people that are negative, that you feel inf- uh, that you feel superior than them, because you mm-hmm. it feeds your ego because you know you have something on them, like you have a better career or you, you're making more money or whatever it may be. And I started to go down that road because it fed my ego. And then I realized mm-hmm. I'm not getting better. And although they're nice, wonderful people, but to be around them every day, to take them with you on your on your career path, it's almost like they're not helping anything around you other than making you feel better about yourself because you're better, you feel like you're better than them. And, um, Correct. you know, and I, I don't know, that's kind of deep. I went, a, <laughs> went down a deep road, but 
like, you know, yeah, you're you're a nice guy or a nice woman. I like you. I'll have coffee with you. And nice to see you at an event and topical conversation. But I, I, I'm not going to be, because I know I have something on you that's not going to be, or I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling about this one, so you know my point. So it's like. No, but it, yeah. but it, 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 it makes sense. It makes total sense. It's, it's those people that you maybe, you may feel a little bit uncomfortable around. But you know that they have a skill or you admire the way they look or dress or the way they hold themselves or they're very professional or whatever it may be. But they're almost intimidating in a certain degree. That's the people that I want to surround myself with. So, anyways, I hear that you just got home. Go ahead, Rob. I didn't say that again. Did you just get home? Yeah, I did. Just get right. <laughs> yeah, the dog. The three, the three, the three pound dog, the three pound guard dog, oh. three pound uh, uh, teacup Yorkie guard dog. Oh gosh, yeah, that's that's yeah. It's just like a yapping pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right, man. I'll, I'll let you go, and I appreciate your time. It was a really good conversation. No, thank thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Rob. Oh, anytime. Say hello to your wife for me, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you if you ever come back in town. Uh, most definitely. I'll, I'll actually be there beginning of the month, but uh, I believe what school will be over then. Yeah, we'll we'll be around. Beginning of uh, May. We'll we'll be there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can connect when you're in town. Sounds good. All right, Rob Thompson, host of All right, thanks. Sports Biz Podcast. Darren Haynes, good luck to you, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Rob. See you, man.